How would the world change if you were an exceptional communicator? You said it the way you said it because that's the way it needs to be said in the moment. It's all about showing rather than telling people. The whole idea was to create bingeable content. You don't have to spend millions of dollars in Spielberg production to get an outcome. Within 24 hours of opening that email, we could tell they are watching that full 20 minutes. And video is the most powerful tool for convincing and converting. So we are in the driver's seat. And this is only a measure. It can only get better, it can only get better. Hello, video marketing professionals. Welcome to the podcast that takes the mystery out of producing videos. I'm your host, Chris Schwager, and today our guest is Todd Klauser from St. Petersburg, Florida, a senior brand manager at B2B SaaS company's demand accelerator, Refine Labs. Todd started his marketing career in the welding and fabrication industry by opening a YouTube channel, Weld.com, back in 2011, offering how-to videos educational content and resources to the trade industry. This brought him a solid community of about 750,000 subscribers and over a million views per month, and he's now using TikTok for his sales and marketing content. He's going to explain to us how he's built a solid community through YouTube and TikTok videos and why this is the thing to do first before building your sales. Here's our chat with Todd. How'd you get started in Refine Labs? What do you what do you do? Uh, so at Refine Labs, I was brought on to really launch the TikTok program as well as kind of jumpstart the the YouTube program. So when I came on board, they already had a I'm going to say a dominating podcast. It's, it's one of the top marketing podcasts out there, and the company was was and still is very established on LinkedIn. So they kind of had all those processes in place to to continue that, uh, and they wanted to expand to different channels. And I just so happened to have experience in both YouTube and TikTok. So that's how I got on and, and why I was brought on. So how do you grow a YouTube channel? Because we've been... On YouTube for many, many years, we've not given it any investment really and it's only in the last couple of months where we thought, oh, you know what, we should probably put our, you know, video made simple shows up there. So, we're just starting to get ourselves organized and so we're definitely on the back foot with regards to the more outbound video hosting platforms. But tell me, what's your tip for for listeners? I think the biggest thing with, with YouTube, especially if you're already... If you're already playing in in like these short form scrolling type platforms, so like a LinkedIn or a TikTok or an Instagram or any of those, um, you kind of have to reassess your strategy for YouTube. It's kind of this like really good combination of search engine and social media platform slash like content distribution platform, whatever you want to call it. But I think the the mistake that most people make when they come over to YouTube is they just take the piece of content that they had somewhere else and they just dump it on YouTube, kind of like it's a, a warehouse for all your content. And they they don't really optimize it for the channel at all. When you're going on YouTube and, and think about like the content that you watch, there's, there's basically two reasons somebody goes to YouTube. One is they have like a specific task that they have to accomplish. They don't know how to do it. 
So they're looking for a how-to video, which is very like search focused. And that's okay if you're looking for like one-off views, if there's like some some like something new happening in the in the news that you want to kind of like hijack that trend. That's one way to go about it, but that's that's not really how you build community. That's kind of how you get these these one-off views. When you're building community, you really have to engage with the audience. And it's it's difficult at first to do that on YouTube for a lot of people because they don't view it as a social media feed like a LinkedIn or an Instagram or anywhere else where people are very like they accept the fact that if I want to build my audience on LinkedIn, my first step is going out and commenting on all these other people's posts and building relationships. And then it kind of comes where on YouTube, that doesn't happen. And what I tell people like step number one, before you start like messing with editing and like trying to optimize for the platform is go out and find like the top three channels in whatever niche you're in, go on their channel. And then, and then you can go in their videos and just like stack rank them by views. So stack rank them by the most views. And then like in the past six months, I would say like go on their, their, their most viewed videos and then drop down into their comment section and any comment that has like significantly more engagement than anything else, mainly questions instead of because most most successful YouTubers no longer have the time to answer every single question. So you can basically go in there and where you can see other people are answering like in the comments via via text and typing use that as like your playlist of what you start creating so like for example if if there's a if there's a video out there on how to start a youtube channel and it's got a million views and then down in that in the comments somebody asks what's the best time to post on youtube and it doesn't get the the response like you can go in and make a video out of that and from there like you, you do that five, 10, 15 times. And like, you have to look at not only YouTube, but, but any, any social platform, like you have to build your community one person at a time. And that starts, if I can go beyond like what, what even the, the person that created the original video is doing by, instead of just typing them a generic response or, or even a detailed response, if I can take that question, create a video piece of content behind it, and then call that person out like, hey, you know, Chris asked me mm -hmm. what time I should post YouTube videos. Like, here's how you figure out when your audience is online. Yep. Here's how you post it. And arguably it's, you know, in some regard, have to be far quicker uh, if it is just a simple FAQ to do it via video rather than trying to knock up a half an hour. Explain. explain. But, but here, here, here's the thing, though. It doesn't necessarily like like when I say that the normal response is like, well, if they ask the question on a Tuesday, I got to get this out on a Wednesday or a Thursday, yeah. or like at the very least this week. Yes. Which if you can, that's great. But here's the thing that you're doing when, when you put out that piece of content, like when you answer that person's question, even if they already figured out the answer, when I post it on my channel, what I'm broadcasting to everybody out there is yes. I am here answering your yes. questions. Go, yeah they don't know that it was it was two weeks ago. I'm still answering the question because if that person had it, 
somebody else probably has the same question. Yes. So a very controversial question here, but what is the difference, I guess, with regards to or the value of shorter videos compared to longer videos for YouTube? What's your average video length, for instance? When you say shorter videos, do you mean just like- In duration. In, but you, you're not referring to like actual shorts. You're talking about like- No, no. A five minute video correct, compared yes. to a 10 minute correct, video? yes. Honestly, my, my answer to this is it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Because there's a lot of speculation, I guess, and a lot of people uh, approach me about this question and I'm like, fucking, you know, <laughs> do what feels right, you know, and at the end of the day, it comes down to audience attention, not duration. It shouldn't, you know, content should never be governed by duration. If, if it's being helpful and useful and it's actually serving a benefit, then that's its purpose, right? Irrespective of any Google algorithm. However, there's a lot of people still considering, I guess, uh, video SEO and, and really looking at the active benefits of posting so that they can build channel, build community and build their business because then they've got higher lead gen flowing through. Uh, so on that, that's really the question I'm answering for people is like, is there... I guess a one size fits all, or is it just, hey, do what feels right? Initially, it's the do what feels right. Yeah. Like it doesn't take time, but like you can, instead of trying to figure out how long should a video be and just set like a, a generic time, like I want my videos to be 10 minutes. What you can do is whenever, let's say you post your first videos 10 minutes, you go into the back end into YouTube analytics. Yes. And you can see in your retention graphs where people drop off, yes. where they're engaged. Like, And for me, what I tell people is you want at least half of the people that start your video to finish your video. Yes. So like, you can see at the very end, which is different from average view duration. Yes. You can see at the very end, like the percentage of people that hit the last second on your video. If you can get that to 50%, uh, it's usually a pretty good sign. The beauty of that graph is not only, it doesn't only tell you where people are getting bored or how long your videos should be, but it also tells you like in specific spots, like where people are skipping over, like in, in these averages, like you can start to figure out like what the audience likes. So like, for example, when I was creating welding content on YouTube, we had something that was called an arc shot, which was essentially like the camera was looking at like what a welder would see through their, their welding helmet. So like it was, it was kind of like the, the molten metal kind of flowing along. And like after doing this for, for years and years and years, like I knew with 100% certainty, if I showed arc shot for more than eight seconds without voiceover on top of it, people dropped off. Like those are the things that you have to look for like over the course of time. Like what what specific things do you do that are that are regular throughout yes. your videos yes. that will increase or decrease watch time? So you you're obviously like any good video marketer looking at trends and seeing what works and what doesn't. And so what kind of content do you does your audience on YouTube love the most? Kind of depends. Um like when I was when I was creating welding content like i could tell you there was three or four hot topics controversial topics that like even before i released the video or, or filmed the video like i knew that they would do good um just based on like a knowledge of the industry and like my community like i could so like for example and this won't this won't mean anything um to to the viewers but or to the listeners of this but like 
in in welding a a very controversial topic is like when when you have a weld and you're trying to fill up like a, a gap like this you can either run like like stringers which is a bunch of like straight welds or you can kind of weave it like this yep and it's a super controversial topic because like there are a thousand ways to skin a cat, but yes. everyone has like their preferred way to do it. And that would always do well because I'm I'm playing to that like this group yeah. is going to butt heads with this group yeah. and they're going to kind of do this. So how important then, you know, knowing that you've got something that's probably a little bit hot and, you know, creating a bit of friction, what do you do to make sure that that gets the viewership that it deserves so let's talk about headlines and thumbnails for instance what what type of uh engineering i guess do you do around that because i know that it can be quite tedious and it can be hard to get the the you know the appropriate um tagline and the appropriate uh thumbnail so how much engineering do you and effort do you put into that especially the thumbnail should be very intentional about what you use that varies greatly depending on what your industry is. In welding, it was super easy because it's a very visually driven, yes. you know, community or, or type of content. Whereas like something like B2B marketing is a little more difficult to do. So like within like the, the Refine Labs content, um, we try to essentially take a, some sort of, be, because they're they're very much like this, right? They're they're talking head style videos. It's not me like going out and demonstrating. This is how you do X. Like let let me show you. It's it's very much talking head style. So what we will generally do is as the as that conversation progresses, we we'll we'll look for like keywords or something that that the subject matter expert says that we can kind of turn into a a more visual thing. So like, for example, this may not be the best example, but for example, if he's talking about like the funnel, like we may have some sort of funnel in that image and him kind of next to it. Um, but it, it should definitely, a lot of, a lot of companies use it as an afterthought. Here, here's my, my thought process on what's important to, to YouTube success is you've got your thumbnail You've got your title and then you've got essentially your story and they're important in that order, which mm. most people will be like, nah, that's such bullshit. Like your, yeah. your, the, the content you create is more important yes. than your freaking thumbnail. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But, but what they don't consider is like your thumbnail is the most important because as I'm scrolling, that's what catches my eye. Yeah. Once that makes me stop, then it's my title because that's what kind of like Hmm, that sounds interesting. Let me click on that. And then after I get them into the video, now is where the, the content and the story comes into play. Well, let's talk about TikTok. I mean, you've demonstrated there the, the validity and the importance of those two elements, the, the title and the thumbnail. What about TikTok where you don't, thumbnails and titles aren't, I guess, the primary consumption it's very much a scrolling exercise how do you optimize for tiktok i just had this conversation today it's almost the same thing you just have to think about it a little differently so for instance like i had somebody today ask me they said hey you know i i want to get into tiktok but i have all this I, I don't have the time but i have all this like backlogged 
you know, podcast content with mini clips. Like, can I just repurpose it over there? And what I told him was like, honestly, like it, it's not my favorite. Like it, it's not the best use of the, the platform unless like, for example, like at Refine Labs, they're, they're filmed in a way that it almost feels native to the platform. So like it, it works, it works for that. But like most people, it's kind of what we're doing right now. It's a zoom. You kind of chop the, the top and the bottom off. You have the title up here and you've got like the, the uh, transcription on the bottom. And what I told him was like, what I would do is whatever that piece of content was, like essentially use that as your, your bulleted list. So like instead of just posting it, whip out your phone, say the same thing or, or the same concept. Like you can, you can repeat the concept in two minutes, however long it took you to record the original. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. And then I said like whatever the title was on that micro clip, so, like, for example, if it's the three most common mistakes in ABM, that becomes your, your title or your, your thumbnail, which on TikTok is essentially like you've got, we've all heard this before, you've got like three seconds to, in this case, it was like, you kind of have like a lot of people use motion in the beginning of their TikTok to get people like into it. And then it's like, you use that same title. So if it's, if it's the three biggest mistakes in ABM, you start out with, you know, I've been running ABM programs for X amount of years. There are three biggest mistakes I see people making. Like that was your title on your on your LinkedIn post. It's still the title on your TikTok. It's just it's presented in a different way. Like you're you're summarizing like super quick what the rest of the the content's gonna be about. Yeah, nice, nice. Thank you so much for joining us today. Todd, um, where can the audience reach you? Todd Clouser on TikTok. And actually recently I'm testing a, a little uh, change on TikTok. Uh, so it's currently content marketing, Todd. I'm, right. I'm running a little experiment. It was Todd Clouser, but I'm I'm testing to see if the, if the name has any... Um, bearing on on whether people stop and watch content well, knowing what it's going to be about prior to actually seeing the video right right and you're on uh, you're on site there it sounds like there's construction going on in the background oh can you hear that <laughs> yeah that's okay hey Sorry. thank you thank you so much man it's been great hearing some insights if you want to learn more about growing your audience on tiktok or youtube channel or todd uh also have a look in the show notes for details when you start creating a video think about what you could do first to build your community. Thanks for tuning in. That's all for this episode of Video Made Simple Podcast and see you next week.